Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Late lunch, Friday afternoon. Tremendous to have you with us on the show again today. We're jammers for the next couple of hours, but you'd have to have time to fit in Pat Short, wouldn't you? Hello, Pat. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm really good. And you, you're busy, busy man. Grace, yeah, listen, it's Grace. We're we're back out touring and, and tearing around the country, which is fantastic. Loving it. Now haven't 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 put those couple of years behind us we won't talk about. <laughs> no, 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 they're behind now, Pat, for sure, and we're all getting back to live entertainment, theatre, etc. But here's the thing, Pat Short. Do you ever think you'd see the day when the daughter'd be upstaging you? Listen, I'm would you believe I'm in Longford backstage theatre and I'm doing the ironing at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> There's no sign of horror, I can assure you. <laughs> Jesus, you'll have to teach me. I never earned a sock in my life, to be honest with you. I'm going backwards, Jerry. You're going... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're just wooing audiences all over the country with the new show called Well. Yes, yeah. No, it's been great. It, it came out of the lockdown. We said say we're like she finished drama school and was due to go to London and do all that and uh, she found herself stuck at home with me and so we started writing sketches and having the crack and then we said we put the show together and it's just a blast we're having a great time tearing around the country um, and the show is really bedded in now so mm. it's great fun you know and it's, I'm, I'm having great fun with it. Now after yourself and John uh, you know finished up yeah. with Unbelievables you were of course you ploughed your solo uh, self uh, with many many projects on TV film stage you name yeah. it is it what's it like you know being back with somebody else on the stage with you you know what I mean yeah, I do, I do, and it's great. I'm absolutely loving it because I, I get to spend half the time backstage. <laughs> Not quite. But, you know, I tell you, it is that thing of bouncing off someone and having the fun on the stage yeah. with them. And there is that. And I like it. I, I still do kind of a large stand-up routine on my own. Uh, but then when I do the scenes with Faye, it's great. It's just lovely to have someone to bounce off of because... And even backstage touring with someone, like, it's great. Because all the crew, while I tour with a crew that we have our own guys we work with for years, um, they're all busy doing stuff at the end of the night and during the day. So you kind of tend to travel a lot on your own. So it's much better mm. uh, like that. But on stage, it's great fun uh, get, having the crack with the audience and, and the banter. And it's just, it, it, yeah, it's hard to explain, but it is something you miss. Uh, yeah. when, you're, when you're used to it, you know. Yeah, sure thing. Now, just a, a wee synopsis of the show. Uh, you're a dad and daughter country and Irish music duo. 
combo <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> well, there are two characters that we never sing. We don't do any music at all. <laughs> but we, we talk about it a lot. <laughs> and they, they want to make their comeback out of being in lockdown. And, and yeah. the thing is, it's not going terribly well for them. But it's kind of a way to, but they kind of go at each other. And mm. uh, and give out, you know, and go out and like talk about the, the embarrassing moments that we kind of growing up, things that maybe I might have, you know, endured from Faye when she was younger, and she might have endured from me, like picking up from the disco and that kind of stuff. So there's kind of certain bits of the show that we look at ourselves and and look at. I think people will will, will enjoy it because they'll see themselves in it as well. Mm. Um, anyone that's had a kids and all, you know. Yes. hanging around outside discos and nightclubs waiting for them to come out and when they do come out what to put up with so and various other things like that the Holy Communion and all the way going up to childhood how I embarrassed the life out of her and still do yeah <laughs> well, that's what dads are for Pat that's what you're absolutely, putting this out for it's absolutely. part of the gig isn't it it certainly is, it? is. <laughs> Jeepers I see she's absolutely flying it isn't she on Instagram she's a big Instagrammer Faye she is yeah I mean but she's okay Jerry she's all that generation yeah I mean you know, I mean, it's amazing. Uh, she's incredible on it. She's fantastic. She's got a huge following. But look, she's doing, you know, a lot of TV shows and other stuff outside of me. And she's mm. uh, she's got an agent in London and stuff like that. So she's flying us. I mean, I'm, I'm just barely be able to hold on to her for another year, I'd say. And she's gone. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be back on your turn at that stage. But look, your laugh is absolutely infectious. And, and you know, the show, I want to just remind you, you're coming to the TLT in Drogheda on December the 10th. That's tomorrow night week. Yeah, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. You know what I mean? It's a fantastic venue, big mm. stage, and, and it's a great crew there with all the all the crew in the, the, the Tommy Dead Theatre. So yeah, it's always been a great show there, and, and it's not going to be any different. And tickets are flying out the door, so we're having we're looking forward to it. Ah, yeah, and we're looking forward to seeing you as well. That's well TLT tomorrow night week. Give them a shout at the theatre there. Tickets are selling well for it, but it will be a full house. I promise you. Whenever Pat Yard rolls into town, and with the daughter in tow this time. It is going to be a big, big night. Looking back, though, at yourself, where it all began, I was myself and Louise were chatting about you coming on, my producer, aren't you? Saying, "Jesus, the breakfast roll song, sure, it's back. It's in, it's in full vogue again, isn't it?" <laughs> Is it's mad, and I started with a company that are doing patchwork delivery of the breakfast rolls to your house and all that kind of stuff, which is late, which is mad. It's great. Um, a, a bunch called uh, Host Kitchens in, in Dublin, and it's it's going to be spread out nationwide all over the country. And uh, it's it is the song that just keeps giving and giving and giving. But it is that culture is back again. It's great. Oh, Louise said they'll just remind them it's treble the price now. Yeah. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> And you probably have to get a frappuccino to go. <laughs> you do indeed. You'll have to take out a mortgage to get the breakfast yeah. roll and the frappuccino <laughs> at this stage. Uh, but uh, you know, when you when you reflect on all you've done and everything, people love you for killing a scully. But can I say something to you? And you've been in many movies, and I've loved them all. But the movie Garage, two thousand and seven, oh, yeah. Pat. Oh. oh, it was a great film. I'm very Wasn't proud it? of it. Yeah, Wasn't yeah. It? It, 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 it was like it was a huge movie all over the world. That was the mm. best art house film that year in the world, and we won awards. I won awards in, in all over Monte Carlo and Turin and Serbia and, uh, and Ireland and everywhere. So it was like it's amazing. It was it was a great film. Yeah, no, it was great. It was Lenny Evanson gone on to do amazing work. Since, yes, you know, as Mark O'Halloran, the writer as well. You know, and Ed Guiney and all the lads in, in, the, in the production company. So yeah, it was a great one. A great crew, everyone working on it, and a great. You know, I look, I put up a good performance. 
You certainly did. You stole the show. And I'll tell you, talk about stealing the show. Will the fellow who I loaned that DVD to a few years back please return it to me? Because I do want to hold on to the DVD of Garage. That's just taking an opportunity to mention that while you're with me today on the show. But seriously, though, you know, you are known as a funny man. But by God, you have uh, taken the other roles to your heart, haven't you? The serious side and all in between. Listen, I, I've been very lucky, Jerry, in the sense that. Garage opened the door for me to do a lot of series films mm. um, like Half um, Life of the Island, uh, Belly of the Whale, various other ones which I, I, I was fortunate enough to get the lead role in those ones. And currently working with Martin McDonough's film uh, Banshees of Inish Year. Oh, he, yes. He has me, has me working there opposite uh, President Leeson, Colin yes. Farrell and, and Kerry Condon and people like Barry Keoghan, you know. So it's, it's, it has been very good to me to open those doors, you know what I mean, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, and uh, and allowed me to do that Martin's plays on Broadway in the West End as well, you know, mm. New York and London. So, I you know, I, and and then I still get to do my day job, which is come back and get up the stage with Faye and go mad. <laughs> <laughs> Have you the club already for the Oscars? Uh, uh, well, listen, there's a lot of talk about. It. I don't want to get put a hex on this, but um, yeah, look, I'll be going to the wife dress me up for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and get someone else tarring the socks, will you? You can't be at that yourself when you're a, a Hollywood star on the red carpet. Come on, Pat. <laughs> listen, listen, we won't put the hex on it. We'll say no more about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I say it again at this time, and, and we talked about the serious side and all the wonderful work there, but doesn't the world, don't people need a laugh, Pat, now more than ever? Ah, yeah, look, I mean, it's... it's uh yeah, it's getting, times are getting tough for people, you know, and it's, geez, that's the time you need to have a laugh and get out and just escape from, from the madness that's going on around us all, you know. Yeah. Um, just with, with, the, with the pressure on people just for surviving nowadays, you mm, know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's tough. It's tough out there. And, it's, and that's the time. It's funny. It's a, it's a funny one. It's times like that that comedy flourishes, actually. Yeah. Uh, funny that you mentioned that. It goes back down through the years, all the recessions and everything down through the years. And it's for that very good reason that people just want to get out and have a laugh and, and uh, forget about it for the hour or two. Mm. Isn't it great, folks, to think there he is in the theatre in, Long- in Longford backstage tonight and this man has performed on the greatest stages and arenas all over the world. You're one of the real good guys, I want to say oh, to you. Thank you. Oh, thank you are. You are. And you never forget, uh, you know, the, uh, us, the people out there around your own country and that, that you bring yeah. the entertainment to. So I want to remind listeners again, it's December the 10th, tomorrow night week at the TLT you've got to go along and see Faye with our dad because they're simply brilliant together this is a wonderful wonderful presentation well it's called and you'll be guaranteed a, a great night there last thing I want to say to you before because yes. I know you're busy I want to let you back to work you have to go back to that I'll learn but it'll be on fire I think I can smell it from here Jesus you have it on there's a hole in the short there's a hole in the short Pat, Pat please uh, but before you go I want to say this to you and this is the truth on a day when, you know, the humour mightn't be that good here or whatever, and I promise you this, I'm telling you the truth now, we click on Crime Busters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Pat, <laughs> Pat, we click on Crime Busters, and I want to say to you, if ever there was a golden moment, and you, all your moments are brilliant, but yeah. Crime Busters, when did you do that? That, I, I, I'm trying to remember back, I think that was a video with Seth and John did in Limerick. In, mm. It was an old school in Limerick and we took it over. <laughs> and and uh, we kind of more or less ad-libbed that whole thing. Oh, God. Which was, I was, that's why it's so mad. 
And I think there's moments where I'm, he's a mere John is nearly starting to laugh at it because it's so ridiculous. We had a banana. We just literally grabbed everything around a teapot, a banana. And because it was in a primary school, we found this mat. That yes. has like a street map. <laughs> you know, like kids would play with dinkies. And we used that as the crime scene. <laughs> roll away to, for the reenactment. Uh, and it was just, it was just a madness. That, that and the, the sweet shops. Yes. Were yes. just ad lib. Yeah. Oh. Listen, listen. When we need a now laugh or a lift, the crime yeah. busters goes on. And I have to say to you while you're with me today, PJ will be down with the book. PJ will be down with the book. He will. He will. Honestly. No better man. <laughs> no better. Our man is right. Anyway, Pat, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let you go now. We're going to take our first break. And after the break, we are actually going to reprise uh, Crime Busters for everybody. Oh, but don't forget him. Well is coming to the TLT in Drogheda tomorrow night week, December 10th, uh, with his daughter, Faye, to be enjoyed. Ah, oh, listen, Thanks, you're just great. Thank you for joining me, Pat. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The wonderful Pat Short there. And we will be back in a moment with Crime Busters. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. Hello, dear, and welcome to Crime Busters. Hello, now, and welcome to Crime Busters. Now, we have a lot on the agenda, lads, so we'll cut the chase and get straight down to the business. Uh, what's first on the agenda there, PJ? First on the agenda there, Tom, is a robbery. A robbery, Tom. A robbery. Now, we had a robbery, lads, only last week down the village. It was last Friday night. Uh, they came in through a side window at the house, approximately 3am. They proceeded to clean out the kitchen, the sitting room, and leave via the front door. Now, can you tell me what's wrong with that? The window was freaking wide open, lads. Just you can't do that. You can't go to bed and leave a window open or door up. We're blue in the face and tell you that when you lock up before you go to bed. That's right. You're only wasting our time and your time. And you come down to us then crying... Oh, spilt milk. Oh, spilt milk then, yeah. Where is it? Where, 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 where can I get my stuff back? Where have they gone? So how are we supposed to know? Huh? What we do with our time, lads? <laughs> you just can't be doing that. You can't walk away and leave a house open and expect nothing to be done. You might as well have opened the front door and let him in. You might as well meet here for Exactly, good men. No, no. so you got, you've been told enough, Les. Now you got two wallets and a deputy. We say no, don't let that back. Yeah, exactly. No. Now, what else is on the agenda there? Next on the agenda there, our top is um, the county final on Sunday. Now, we have a county final championship match coming up next Sunday, Les. Now, I'll tell you one thing. We won't have a repeat of what happened last year. That's right. There was blatant abandonment of cars last year on the side of the road. That's right. He just pulled up there, left the car where you like it, and went after the match. Yes, you can't do that, let You can't be doing that. You can't just pull in there and leave a car where you like it. Huh? Because there was people blocked into their houses there for hours. Barricaded. Barricaded him. Good men, Peter. They were barricaded. Barricaded him. And if a child had to go to the hospital. At, at, at the brigade. At the brigade had to be called. There was a fire or something. Yes, we were lucky to come away with lives on scale. You just can't. You can't leave a kid there and go away. You can't be doing You can't. And I'll tell you, the book will come out this year, lads. Oh, but yes, and, 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 and I'll do it. But Ben PJ. PJ will be down there Sunday. He'll do it. Oh, yes, he'll do it. Yeah, PJ will sign him. I'll sign There's him. Because no you can't do that. It's in the book. It's black and white. It's in the book. Yeah. The book. The book. Yeah. So now, you got your warning, lads. Let that be it. Reconstruction of an accident, lads, which happened on High Street only there last Sunday morning, approximately 10 a.m. Sorry, I'm Now, we mind the super. Right, mind the shifting there. He'll be giving out. Now, we had a roundabout coming down by the roundabout at the top of High Street. Roundabout here, Tom. Roundabout was there. We also coming down by the cathedral. And up there by the corner of High Street, the 
junction of High Street there and of Middle Street. That's now, right. the car, we're talking a maroon coloured car, not too unlike the colour there, came around the roundabout. That's right. But Andy enough me now, he wasn't too out of order now. He drove up there in High Street That's and right. he approached, while approaching the junction of Middle Street, we had a witness. Yeah, we have a witness we here. We have a witness there. He was coming down here. He was coming there and he, he witnessed the whole incident. That's right. As the car shot out, shot out onto right. High Middle, Middle Street. Street. Here. In the meantime, a motorbiker. A motorbiker coming down here. Yeah. The car shot out right in front right, of him. Right, 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 right. And then hit him there now. Oh, up, up, now, now. Up, up, up he went. Knocked the duck knocked down. Knocked the duck down. We put that in. Then on the side of the road. Put the knocked the duck down. Then in the car, he pulled up there. That's right. At the shop. Got himself a new thing, whatever says he got. And drove away with the house of buy a leave. You can't drive like that, kid. Jesus, a man knocked down there. He was looking to come away with his life. That's right. Jesus, we have all jobs to go out in the morning, lads. He yeah. would, would have been a family out there. Luckily enough, the ambulance was around the on the day. That's right. And it wasn't too far from the incident. He came, came down there, managed to take the men away. That's right. And, and, and he was lucky he wasn't too injured. But still all the same as we were lucky to come away without a life, lads. Jesus, you can't do that. You can't be doing that. You can't be doing that. So anyway, enough saying anyway, you know, we have a man, we have a witness anyway, fitting that description, we're hoping to in right. interview him. An interview will have to be done with him straight away. An huh? interview will have to be done with that man, with that straight, man away. straight away. Okay, moving on now. What have we now, PJ? Uh, next coming up now, Tom, is of course items, items handed in. Handed in. The yeah. Now, the next uh, portion of the programme will be items handed in. Today is over. Can you pick it up, please, PJ? Good man, you said. Come in, Charlie Delta, they are over. Lads, when he ordered the pudding box, is that right? It's over. I'll try the pudding box. Yes. PJ ordered the pudding box there, Charlie, over. It's Randall to that order, over. Yeah, I gave him that half an hour ago. Yeah, uh, Charlie, there was a snack box with that and chips, over. I'll be delayed 15 minutes because of the fight after starting in the chipper, over. Listen, Colin, who's down there? Tommy, isn't it? Tommy's down in car two. Tommy's down there in car number two. Will you give it to Tommy and ask him to drop it back up to the barracks straight away? Over. Car two's got out to an accident. Over. That's just on cold. Yeah, because... Listen, they were ordered over an hour ago. Send them back here with the chips straight away and he can go on out to the accident then. Over. Over. And listen, if you see Mary, will you send her back here as well? She's wandering around down the town there somewhere. Over. We had two pairs of, or two boxes of Italian sports runners handed in here to the barracks. Uh, fit in this description. We have a pair of them here. here. Put them up there, Peter. Yeah, Give them a good look at them there, Peter. A blue and white pair. We also have a green and white pair, a box of either. But the green uh, and white ones are nice. Oh, they're much more comfortable. I had them for the last week, now I had to put them back. So they're down here in the barracks, you get a good look at them there. They're down here in the barracks, you can come down and click them any time you want to. Also, we had a sum of money found there out on the mill road, uh, which was handed into the barracks here approximately... How much, PJ? I'll tell you how much now Thomas handed in there. There was um, 20, 40, 60, 80, and I took a fiver out of it for milk and cigarettes. Yeah, well, how much? 80, 85 pounds. There about. Approximately 85 pounds, that's just down here in the barracks. To be yeah. collected. Yeah, well, if you want it, let's come down, like, you know what I mean? If you want it, but you'll you have to bring identification, like, which if you want to get it yeah. back, like, you know what I mean? Good man, PJ. That's all from us here in Crime Busters. Uh, also, just to let you know and remind you that tis ye that help us solve the crimes and the mysteries here. So keep the phones up and keep the doors locked and keep the windows shut at all times. Thank you and good night. <laughs> good night. Whenever we want to laugh, we play it. I ain't telling you a word of a lie. Simply brilliant. John Kenny and Pat Short, who was with me a few moments ago, and Crime Busters. A classic forever on your late lunch this Friday afternoon. The little boy, he's lucky to be alive. Last weekend, he was out playing with friends. How he survived 
uh, surgeons in hospital don't actually know. I'm talking about Alejandro Mizan, who was uh, playing in Enniscorthy in Wexford on Sunday last, and he was uh, attacked by a pit bull almost killed him and if you see the images I can't look at them I'm shutting my eyes here because I just sick to the pit of my stomach when I see them joining me now on late lunch is a good friend of ours he's been very good to us over the years and I visited his uh, classes where he teaches dogs uh, he's uh, the main man behind Boyne German Shepherd Dog Club here in Drogheda and he's in the hot seat today Hughie Rooney welcome back to the show Thanks very much, thank you for joining me first of all your thoughts about this young boy and this incident uh, what can you say? It, it, it should never have happened, this child. The dog that done it, it was put asleep straight away. But these things are happening every day. Every day of the week they're happening. I'd say the Lord's Hospital getting small dogs biting them and everything. This morning, I was with my own vet and he was telling me about Jack Russell, the same thing, bit of child. And, like, for me, it's horrendous what happened to this child. Horrendous. And, you know... He's not going to be the last. That's the unfortunate part. What do you say? The guy who owned it, first of all, the dog was wandering around unmuzzled yeah. in a in a, a, an urban area yeah. where there are a lot of children playing in houses. That is just not on, Huey. The man that owned him should be responsible for what happened to this dog, for what happened to this child. He should be responsible for it. I think that the law is involved in it now. I think there's going to be a court case. And then this morning when I was coming back from my own vets, I heard two councillors here this morning talking on LMFM and it made me so angry that I rang you about it because they're banning every dog the way these two people were talking this morning. Personally speaking, they haven't a clue what they're talking about. And at the end of the day, I, I love German Shepherds. I teach many, many dogs. I've been a judge. I've been uh, England. I've been in Pakistan judging and everything. And I teach dogs up here and... A lot of people are taking on to teach dogs that don't know what they're doing. You've got people now that charge a fortune to go to your home and charge a fortune and unfortunately I end up with the end result of that dog being dangerous. In my own club, I've put, I think, four dogs asleep in the last few years because we tried it, we tried and we tried and there was no coming back. So I told the owners, I am responsible for the children in that family. When I have a dog belong to somebody, we take responsibility for it in the club. I give them the end result. The dog is not safe, and unfortunately, they done it. They so you you won't hold back if you I if you have back. a dog that you feel is a danger. No, it's over. It's to the vet. That's where it belongs. And I've and I've cured a few with the help of the club and the whole. I've one particular dog, Patrick owns him, a beautiful German Shepherd, and he made mistakes himself. And he admitted, to it, and we got him. And we got him. The dog is a fantastic animal today. Come back to what you said there. You say this is not an isolated incident. No. You say to me that you are aware that this is happening. And I just have stats. Between 2016 and 2021, yeah. there were over 1,700 attacks reported. Now, that's all that was reported by people. Correct, yeah. That's quite a number of years, all right. Yeah. But when you say it's happening, where where are we falling down? Because I have the list as well here, just to let people know, of restricted yeah. dog breeds. Yes. You know these. Yeah. The American Pit Bull Terrier, English Bull Terrier, Staffordshire Bull Terrier, the Bull Mastiff, the Doberman Pinscher, the Rottweiler, the German Shepherd, Rhodesian Ridgeback, Akita, Japanese Tosa and Bandog, which is a cross breed of yeah. any of them. Those are the restricted breeds in Ireland. And I just read, these are the regulations, you know them well, but just for listeners, these dog breeds must be muzzled 
and on a lead at all time in public. The lead must be strong and short, short and not more than two metres long. The dog must wear a collar with the owner's contact information, be licensed and microchipped, and only adults over the age of 18 are allowed to own a restricted breed. Are those regulations being implemented and abided by? No. Why? Look, Joe, you, you see where we have the grounds up there. It's safe, it's everything, it's all cornered in. Everything like that. I have young children. I have a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old. One of them is my nephew. And I also have a lovely kid from the league. She's a fantastic handler and so is my nephew. When we show German Shepherds, you have to show that heat. They have to open them out and show that heat to the judge. Most of all the dogs that I've trained, I've trained other dogs for showing, for other people, and they have to show that heat. Now, for me, mostly where I'm training is not on, because I have to do this. Mm. And we were down the town, we go down the town mostly some Sundays and we bring about 20, 25 dogs. And they sit at St Peter's Steps and people come over, rub them and everything. They're safe. I know these dogs. I've trained them. I'm behind them. And these kids are absolutely brilliant with the dogs. And they'll go far. Like, for me, the government has failed. The wardens have failed because there's not enough to, to be given to the wardens. The wardens go up to a home and they're told to get away from the door kind of thing but there's more added on to it. It's not right. They don't have the powers, they don't have, they don't have the powers. There's not enough people. In Germany, well, I've been in Germany many times, when, when you get a dog, they come out and they check everything. Here, they do nothing. So there's not enough of them? There's not enough They don't have enough, power. don't have enough power. You were telling me as well, of not far from where we sit here today, yeah. you know where there are two dangerous dogs. Yeah. And the, the wardens have been on the case here. Yeah. Dogs taken away. Yeah. But the dogs are back. Back again. They're running the streets again. And they've attacked people. And the wardens haven't got the power. And it's not their fault. They're trying. Like, you have the Green Party, the whole... I'm not into any parties, Joe. You know that I'm just into my dogs. At the end of the day, they went after the course and they went after the greyhounds, they went after everything. They've done all that. Yet there's dogs running the streets. That's nuts. They're savages. And they're not doing enough in this country. And there will be a child killed. It's going to happen. It's happened in England. We haven't enough parks here for dogs to socialise them. You know, socialisation is when you get a pup at 10 weeks old, the next 10 weeks is the important part for that dog. That you socialise down the town, everywhere, anywhere you can go, bring the dog. That's how you bring a dog on. At the end of the day, it's about you and the dog, and you're the boss. Always. Always be the boss. The dog is not a baby. A lot of people treat them like babies, up in the bedrooms, lying on the couches, and the dog is nearly biting you to get off the couch. That's not a dog. That's a dog that's going to do damage. And we're lucky. Um, but the people I have, they train the dogs. I can only do so much of them for the three days or the three nights where they are. They have to do it at home. And if they don't do it, they're gone. I remember you sitting here with Jim Cochran. Yeah. And I'll never forget, those words, these words still, and I think it was you and, and Jim, nearly simultaneously yeah. said, not the dog that's the issue. It's the owners. The owners spoil them. Now, there is some breeds that should never be bred. Every, every breed of dog, there's a problem in, in some of them. In some of them. In some of them. I've seen it at shows. I've seen it everywhere I've went. Mm. I go up the street there, even in my own classes, when a dog comes in aggressive, I'll take him and I'll try him for the six weeks. He'll get his chance. But if it's over, well, you have to be honest with the people. I don't like people that go to people's homes and tell them, yes, there's this, there's this, there's this we can do. And at the end of the day, the people always end up with me. Hmm. And I have to say it's over. So just to re-emphasise again, 
that from 10 weeks on, that next 10 that weeks, so when a pup reaches pop. 10 weeks, and most people get their pup at three months yep, or whatever, yep. that ten, that next 10 weeks is it's, crucial. Yes, if the, if the mother and father are treated right and the pups are treated right, walk on the pup, get them out, get them out as much as you can, into the car, travel with them, get the kids rubbing them. It's everything like that can be done. And look, what happened to that family, I wouldn't like to beat them today to see any of my children. All my children are into dogs. My grandchildren now. They're taking on dogs. And it's followed us to my family. Yeah. And at the end of the day... You're thinking of that little boy, aren't you? Yeah. And you're upset? Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be... I, I wouldn't have done to any of my young kids. And even the kids I have above training. Mm. I have a young foreign girl, a little one. She walks a little Bailey. He's one of my own little uh, dogs. And he walks and she loves it. And they love it. And kids should be. And one one of the ministers, or whatever you call them, this morning said that we should go into schools. And that should be that. We do nothing here in Drogheda. Nothing. That park was up there because of Mullins giving us it. And us, the committee, me, putting a hard walk into it. Yeah. And you look above, it's second to oh, none. Oh, I was up there and I saw what you do. It's, it's wonderful. Second to none. Come back to these restricted breeds. I look at the list there, and your German Shepherds are among them, but there's a lot of others there as well. Are those dogs fine once they are trained, maintained, and looked after by responsible people? Yes. Would you take any of those breeds off that list that I mentioned? I'd take them all off it. All of them? Yeah, if they're, if they're managed right and trained right. And some of them that are bad, I put them asleep. End of. There's no point in me beating around the bush with this. Some kid is going to get killed. That's what's going to happen here unless things change. Like, as I said, the parties went after the Greyhounds, they went after the Lochers, they went after the, the Corsair. Yeah. They didn't go after the like of this. So this, this is this every day a comes okay. in So Drada. you're saying, and, and you're, you're based in Drogheda, but it's in Dundalk, it's in Kells, yeah, yeah, it's in Navin, it's everywhere in the yeah, country as yeah. well. This is an issue you're saying, and, and you're aware of it. Mm. Um, what would you do? You know, there's a lot of talk has gone on about this yeah. and people have their opinions and, yeah. and you're here as someone who is a renowned dog trainer. Mm, mm. What would you do immediately now? First of all, I'd be, I'd, I'd, everybody that knows about dogs, I would have a meeting with them. I would get the so-called TDs and the whole lot. Get people to know about dogs. Get them on the ground. It starts on the ground. It doesn't start in an office. There's too many, what would you say, too many things made in, up in offices. And they're, they're giving out then. They don't know. Go to the ground. Like two people have spoke this morning about dogs. One fella had a bit of a clue. The other had none. Mm. And that's the way. That's why I got angry this morning about it. I think it's wrong. Most of them, most of them dogs there have been shown. Some of them dogs. And there's there's bad, bad dogs in every breed. Even in in, in every in shepherds and everything. Small. You mentioned the Jack Russell. I, I'm yeah. just going to expand on that story yeah. that you told me. I know what happened there. That's somebody who has a Jack Ross Russell in the vicinity of a young child. Am I right? Yeah. And the Jack Russell is on the floor yeah. with the baby. Yeah. Isn't that right? That's, that's correct. the that's the case you yeah. know of. Yes. A Jack Russell. We had Jack Russells yeah. in our time. You wouldn't trust no. them. No. No. They're nice little things and that. Yeah. But they can do. They, a Jack Russell could maim really a dog, maim a child, maim yeah. a child straight away, and it's happened. And people aren't reporting it. Like, the government is at fault in all this. The vets and everything. Like, the price of, like, the homes of, the, the, the homes of now are full with dogs. Mm, people are, it's, they're giving them back, people, yeah, aren't they? they're giving them back. Because of the pandemic, people made a fortune. They were robbed. There was mixed breeds, there was everything bred with everything. And people were charged two and a half, three grand. Mm. I've seen it. 
I seen three dogs brought up to me, German Shepherds. They weren't German Shepherds. Two and a half thousand. For one. It was a, the, the farthest thing from a German Shepherd I've ever seen. Crossbreed. What a, crossbreed. Some German yeah, Shepherd some, in them. Yeah. What about crossbreeds? What do you think of crossbreeds? And, and you know those, you know, people are breeding dogs yeah. to the nth degree. What's your thoughts on that, Hugh? I don't agree with a lot of it, with some of it. Now, for me, the, the breeding line I have is the German Shepherd. Some people go outside with these uh, pit bulls and all that, and they cross this, that, and the other. The real people wouldn't do that. The people so, that love these so dogs. I'm going to ask you this. Let's take the dogs on the restricted list, yeah. and somebody wants one of them. Mm. That has no experience of a dog before. Don't. Is that right to allow somebody just take a dog that's on no. that restricted list? No. Or go any dog, in, but any no. dog. No, what they should do is go to a trainer. Look, I'm thinking of getting a dog. Can you help me? Wouldn't that be a yeah, better says, approach? Go to the family home. You have to yeah. be yeah. trained. Yeah, go to the family home. Have a look. What do you want to hear? Explain what kind of... They say they want a Jack Russell. Why do you want a Jack Russell? You know what they're like. Come up and see them. Come up to training classes for See, can you manage the dog? The expense of having the dog. Like most vets are gone now. There's a consortium of them now. Mm. And these prices have gone through the roof now. That's why half of them are in homes now because it's too dear to go to a vet now. You know, it's very expensive. Mm. You know, I've been lucky with the vet I have. And that's a very good point you make. Even Sinead Kelly, our wonderful yeah, Sinead, vet, often says this. Yeah. She says, if you are getting a dog, there are many, many considerations yes. before you ever yeah. go down that road. And you concur with yeah. that. There are. Yes, people go into a, into a shelter and say, ah, oh, isn't he lovely? Look at the colour of him. We'll have him home. They don't know what to buy home. Like some dogs from a shelter, I've won in particular, the Camerva shelter down the country. You should never come out of that shelter. Dangerous dog. Yeah, it's left leg and it's right leg. I have it nearly right now, but it's injured for the rest of its life. Mm. It should never have come out. That's wrong. And people are people are falling for all this. It's lovely. It's like a teddy bear. And the kids love it. And then the kids love the dog till it gets a bit older and then it's dumped out the back. There's many dogs in back gardens that don't dark anywhere. They don't even get outside the door. It's wrong. My father used to say, and you know, my dad was... Yeah deeply involved with dogs yeah. all his life yeah. even any dog he ever had mm. he never trusted a dog mm. in the company of a child no matter yeah. how good the dog was yes. do you go along yeah. with that yeah I do Yeah, you have to be careful, careful. if you're there none of my my grandchildren would be with me with dogs yeah I mean if you, you never leave a no. child alone with a dog never. if you are the no. owner no no no. I'd be in the yard there and be, I have a grandchild that went into a little pup three years ago we had she went in and sat in the box but I was there and she all the done was play with the dog mm. and look you don't take risk unless you're there at the end of the day you play with the play with the dogs people are getting dogs now and I don't know what for like Christmas is coming now things are gone like Christmas I think will be the quietest Christmas we ever see and I don't know mm. but listen to people and all that financially electricity bills and things like that the yeah. dog is out yeah, and that's the a dog good, is not getting fed. Yeah, and that's a message. It's a bad time of the year to bad be making time, a decision on the dog. Bad time of the year. Hughie, I want to leave it there for today. Yeah. We think we mentioned that young boy again and yes. his family. We're thinking of him. Yeah, and well, I think the government now should step in and do something for the family. They're all coming in, talking on the radio, and it's all when something happens. Yes. And it's wrong. The wardens need help. We all need help to solve this problem. And at the end of the day, if we don't solve it, it will be a funeral someday. Huey, thank you so thank much you for much. dropping in to us on the show today. Huey Rooney there, founder of the Boyne German Shepherd Dog Club. Thanks a million. Thanks very much and thanks for having us, Joe. Not at all.
subsequent to my conversation with Huey Rooney. Our Navin listener says, no good having rules like everything else, Jerry, and not enforcing them. Jerry says, another listener, listening to your talk on dogs, the reality is people are responsible for their pets. An animal isn't a plaything, as Huey says, and sadly, they've been failed by poor care from owners. Uh, Liam O'Neill's been on. Hello, Liam. Nice to hear from you. Uh, Liam just wanted to say, Huey uh, Rooney knows more about dogs than anyone I ever know. He's simply brilliant. I bought a dog from myself years ago and he knew the dog inside out. Love listening to him. Thanks indeed. And the comments go on and on there. Thanks for getting in touch with us. Now, have a listen to this and tell me what you think. Great! I love TV. We watch TV. TV Themes with Jerry Kelly on The Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV! Yes, a classic TV theme. Do you know it? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text with your answer, please, and your name and details. And I always have a nice little prize to send out to somebody on late lunch each Friday afternoon. Coming up in the next while on the show, Walker's Christmas Nibbles. Yes, Tara Walker prepares a beautiful nibble for us ahead of the Christmas season. You can have these as you're heading into your party or inviting people to your home. And Ellen Ryan is with me to talk about the forgotten goddesses of Mead and Louth but uh, for now it's a classic this Christmas time on your late lunch from the one and only Mr. Dean Martin Oh the weather outside is frightful but the fire is so delightful and since we've no place to go let it snow let it snow let it snow My next guest is a contributor to the Irish Times and Irish Independent, among other publications, who's just sent me this most lovely book called Girls Who Slay Monsters, Daring Tales of Ireland's Forgotten Goddesses. And she joins me on the line. Hello, Ellen Ryan. Hi, Jerry. Thank you so much to you and your listeners for having me. Not at all. I am delighted to have you. Well, here we are talking about a book about women who were written out of history. Is that fair to say? I think that's very fair to say. I think, um, you know, these stories uh, were written down in the 8th, 9th, 10th century. Uh, Prior to that, they were uh, pagan oral tales. Um, And I think we've seen some stories uh, have a little bit of a resurgence um, during the Celtic revival of the early 1920s, such as Cúchulainn and Finn McCool, who almost became mascots for and the Irish, uh, you know, nationalism mm. movement. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, the female goddesses were not included in that um, and were, if mentioned at all, generally villainized. Uh, which, when you look at the ancient texts, um, isn't fair. Yeah. <laughs> quite, a, quite a lot of them were, yeah. uh, you know, some were complex. And yes. um, characters, you know, the likes of the Marigan, who would be Ireland's answer to the Greek witch goddess Hecate. Um, but she also saved the country from demons. And then there are other goddesses who are very clean-cut heroes. Um, so it, it is quite, 
unfathomable really how mm. forgotten they became well, you see the writing was done by men Ellen no wonder you were written <laughs> out you girls I understand it fully but where did this come from this this you know desiring you to produce this wonderful book what what took you down this road I think you know my my grandma um she's from Dublin city and she uh, didn't get to um go to college when she was younger she but when she raised her five children she got to go back to she got to go to college for the first time and uh, she studied classics and archaeology and she uh discovered the ton and always said to me you know this was um Ireland's answer to the Odyssey or the Iliad and yeah. you know she taught me a lot about the, the mythology that I didn't learn about in school um, and I in reading the ton I discovered um, some of these incredible goddesses like the Morrigan um, Nevin who you know drove uh, some soldiers to madness with her screams and obviously the incredible Maeve who I later learned is a sovereignty goddess and so many of them of course are associated with Loud um, and, I, and then later I took a trip to Rathcrohan um, which is an archaeological site in Roscommon, and I learned more about Morrigan there and, and Maeve. And I just didn't understand why I was never taught these stories in school. Um, so I, I found some academic books, and they led me to source texts, um, medieval source texts and translations, and I just went down the rabbit hole and discovered so many more. A, a full pantheon of Irish gods um, that are just never talked about. Um, and, and certainly were never discussed in schools. Well, well done to you, because they <laughs> are alive now again, thanks to you. And I want to say, uh, just in case I forget it, the illustrations by Shona Shirley MacDonald, oh, they're something yeah. else, aren't they? They really are something else. It was very important to me um, that the imagery associated with these goddesses uh, was contemporary in the sense that yes they're 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 dressed in medieval clothing but they I wanted them to look like girls and women that we see every day that we recognize um you know I didn't want these I suppose very ethereal you know all perfectly mm. beautiful women standing on the top of of hills with flowing hair I wanted them to look strong and real um and and varied and and to really see the power in their expressions and I think Shona has has done that so beautifully. You mentioned Loud. Loud and me the feature prominently and I have Taltu yeah. looking out from your beautiful book at me. Oh, look at her eyes. She <laughs> looks like a real powerful woman. I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, really have any trucker with that axe in her hand, I have to say. <laughs> but but just yeah. tell us briefly, like Taltu, Ireland's first farmer, Meath. Yes, yes, exactly. So um, Taltu was a, a goddess who, according to our Irish mythology, uh, came from Spain. And I think this is quite an interesting quality um, of Irish mythology. Uh, we have some of our goddesses coming from, you know, from Spain, from Scotland, um, of our own making, because this is, you know, Irish um oral mythology and, and also as far as uh, Scythia um, which you know is you know the seat of power for Scythia was Iran but they came to Ireland um, and Taltu came from Spain and she taught um, the bagmen the Firbog how to um, sow the land and, and plant and she became uh, a goddess to the Irish people and she was celebrated with the Talton Games which are um, older than the Olympics um, and our, you know the, the the seat of of all of that activity was uh, Town and Meath, and it's interesting to note that of twenty four goddesses in this book, seven of them are associated with Louth and Meath. 
and the area is really a hot spot for Irish goddesses. <laughs> we always else. knew our women in the northeast were special, were special <laughs> from Louth Armid, I have to say. But it's Very a wonderful well story. People should get this and read it. And, the, and on the Louth side, just to pick one, as you said, there are quite a number. Uh, yes. Fond, the eco-warrior. Yes, yes. So she has an interesting confrontation with Cucullin <laughs> in Louth and uh, she finds him um, hunting and shooting birds and she is uh, tra- um, shape-shifting as a bird at the time and he uh, very foolishly and accidentally shoots her with an arrow through the wing and uh, he doesn't come out the better for it but she uh, teaches him the error of his ways in the story which is uh, fantastic. And you know there's so many. There's Bone who is one in the same with the River Boyne and yeah. the Mead and then we've got Morrigan as I say the Queen of Phantoms uh, Maeve and Nevin who did battle in Louth uh, Taltu from uh, Teltown in Mead and we have also Scusneus um, who's this incredible um, warrior from quite a dark underworld land and she had super speed and she went head to head with the ancient Brega tribe of Mead so there's some incredible characters from that area. And it's interesting because, you know, other parts of the country um, don't have any goddesses associated with them. So I think, uh, you know, people from Neath and Louth can be very proud of um, just how potent the areas are for, for mythology and for strong female characters. And I take it their energy flows today. You, you know what I'm talking about? You, yeah. it, it, it still surrounds us, doesn't it? I think so, and I think that's one of the reasons why Irish mythology is so important for us as a people um, to know about and why I, I really feel that Irish children should learn about our pantheon of gods in school and not just the Greek classics, because, you know, these gods before, they're, you know, pagan mythical gods, but before they were... Uh, described as uh, being in the form of men or women, they were one and the same with our land. So Queen Maeve, it's believed, was actually a, a hill um, in Roscommon where kings and kings went to be inaugurated. Um, you know, Bowen was the River Boyne. And we have the Paths of Anu in Kerry, for example, which is, you know, considered a mother goddess. So I think it's so important for us to know that these gods at a time when we're actively working on our relationship with our environment, with nature, with the land, and teaching our children to respect the land more than perhaps we were taught ourselves. And I think, you know, for children in the same way as thousands of years ago, if they think of, for example, the River Boyne as being um, magical, they're far less likely to throw rubbish in the water. Mm. You know, just things as simple as that. Yes. Um, I think that these stories have so much power for us. You know, they are of course empowering for young women and boys, um, but they, they really connect us to the land around us I think as well. They do indeed. I congratulate you on the book and what you said there is so true. There is such relevance today. It would be a lovely gift this Christmas time. It's called Girls Who Slay Monsters, Daring Tales of Ireland's Forgotten Goddesses by the wonderful Ellen Ryan and we have a couple of copies to give away. I'm going to tell you about that in a moment. Ellen, well done. Congratulations to you. I hope it's the first of many. Thank you so much, Jerry, and thank you again to your listeners. Not at all. Thank you for joining me on the show. That's the lovely Ellen Ryan there.
This is a cracking book. It really is. Girls Who Slay Monsters. Derek was on to say he bought a dog from Huey Rooney. Still has him. And he says Huey is speaking the truth and knows exactly what he's doing. Great interview, Jerry. Thanks indeed for those lovely comments, Derek. Now, from now to Christmas, four weeks, Tara Walker is with us each week and she's rustling up something a little different for Christmas. Yes, there will be a starter, a main and a sweet. But today, it's a gorgeous nibble to get the party going. I love, you know, when you're having Christmas visitors and you have a little drink and a chat and you just have something nice to nibble on rather than sitting down to the table to the big meal. So this is just a tasty little thing that you can prepare in advance. We have some little cheese and pesto straws or fingers. <laughs> There's been a bit of debate about what we should call them. Some people know them as straws. Um, so they're lovely little puff pastry kind of swirls. And I have a sheet of puff pastry here and I'm adding a nice dollop of homemade pesto all across the sheet okay so that's actually why I decided to even make this I had a batch of pesto in the fridge and I was thinking to myself hmm what will I use that up with so just spreading it out this is a lovely homemade pesto loads of flavour in it you can use a shop bought if you can't be bothered to make one because actually it's probably a good use of a shop bought one in this because we've other flavours going on in here as well now just quickly through the pesto for people who might know to rustle up a pesto is so handy but you have one very important thing I'll always remember about the uh... oh yes <laughs> yes the lemon juice yes so yeah I have to say I really dislike shop bought um, pestos I, I just find there's a flavour in them that's very strong kind of like tart or something and it's so quick to do so we toast some pine nuts on a pan in the meantime we get loads of basil like almost a whole basil plant that you'd buy from the supermarket into a small food process I use my Nutribullet for it. You could use a pesto and mortar, which would be more traditional. So we've got basil, a clove of garlic, and blitz that up. Then I usually add a little bit of olive oil. Just So I start with the the pine nuts and the, the basil and the garlic so that we break those down before we even add any liquid. So then we add our olive oil in and then I usually put a nice squeeze of lemon juice in just to perk it up and then I fold my parmesan through when everything else is already blitzed up because I don't like the texture of the parmesan if you blitz it up in the food processor or the Nutribullet. You get a lovely result and you can freeze that, which is often what I do. So I'll try and make a really big batch. And it's great. Like, I'm trying to remember what I made this for. I think I did um, a steak, actually it was a steak salad with a nice drizzle of pesto over yeah, that dash of lemon makes all the difference, in my opinion. It really elevates it, doesn't mm-hmm. it? It just gives that little bit of freshness. And I have to say, I just don't think you get that in any of the shop-bought ones. You know, there are some things like harissa paste. I'll use a shop-bought version, but not pesto. And toast the pine nuts. Don't put them in not toasted. Yeah, I much prefer them toasted. Mm. I think you get better flavour from them toasted. But obviously, look, if you forgot, it's not the end of the world. So I've spread my pesto all over my puff pastry. So this is shop-bought puff pastry. And now I have some Parmesan cheese. So really the technique is the same for this, whatever flavours you decide to go with. So you could actually do a little bit of tomato passata and some ham here, or you could do other types of cheese like gruyere and mustard. You know, you can do whatever you want really here. So it's just, I quite like this combination of flavours. And then we just fold the pastry in half, the whole sheet of pastry. And then we're going to just cut it into finger length. So in other words, you see there, it's nearly like we have a little sandwich in between the pastry sheets there. And then we're going to cut them lengthways and insert a finger size amount, if you see what I mean. Yep. And then we're going to twist them. So I'm, I'm curious to see this now. It's so simple so far. What do you mean twist them? So when we take them off the paper and then we're going to twist, see this now? So twist it gently so that you get that kind of spiral. Yes. 
I see now. I thought you were going to start dancing with me here in the kitchen <laughs> doing the twist, but you just twisted the fingers. Go on, do that again till I watch you. So just twist it yeah. in a little sort of swirly shape. Beautiful. And then just sit it onto your tray. But you should get yeah. a good kind of 12 to 15 out of a portion. So you can see here, I have them all in a line here on my baking tray. And I'm going to pop them into the oven at 180 degrees for approximately 10 minutes. I'm going to just finish off with a little bit more. Why not? Um, Parmesan cheese just sprinkled over. I'm just using one of those little mini Parmesan graters to do it. And then into the oven. And you have a lovely, tasty little morsel this to me now like i'd have no self-control around something like this that is really savory and snacky (laughs) oh no look savory you can't beat savory it's just the nicest of all and as you said we're we're doing a little nibble here with this ahead of doing a starter for you next week with tara and this is i can just imagine i can't wait to taste this as you arrive into a house glass of wine little touch like this lovely yeah it's gorgeous and there's no comparison between what you buy in the shop and what you make yourself so you're just loading the little nibbles into the oven there so we're just going to give it 10 minutes and then we'll check after 10 minutes how they're going now you're doing these nibbles today and you know the supermarkets are loaded with christmas nibbles all over the place you know to make your own versus what you buy oh jerry there's no comparison and you know funny you've asked me that question because look what i have here on the counter that we're making every night here a popcorn maker so i just bought this in aldi i think it was a few weeks ago and it's an air popper so for a healthy snack so i don't need any oil or butter or anything in it and then i just toss through different flavors through it so maybe some smoked sea salt maybe a little bit of parmesan when it's still a little bit warm maybe some cumin smoked paprika and there is no comparison between that and what you buy so make your own. That's the message this Christmas time from Tara Walker. Absolutely. And you don't have to go. I think sometimes, and I know I've said this before, Christmas time on the show, you don't need to do loads and loads of complicated dishes. I'd rather fewer dishes, but that are just really tasty and nice and homemade, you know. Do you hear that sound? That means yeah. something is ready in the there oven. And it is our nibbles. My oh my, the cheese and pesto fingers. They look beautiful. And I just see the little bit of cheese has just given the little melt on the outside of them there. Lovely, Tara. And, of course, the twist. Very important. <laughs> so just take it off and then you just want to cool it a little bit. These are red hot now. So let's have a little taste in a moment. Just let's cool them down a sec. You know, as you said, Annie, you can vary the theme here. Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny, during lockdown, um, and you can see it on my YouTube, I did a little something similar with um, puff pastry, except I turned them into pinwheels for, for kids' lunchbox. And I had um, tomato passata, mozzarella cheese and salami slices. And the amount of people who've come up to me at the beach or in the supermarket or something and said, we, I didn't even, you know, they're not even a recipe as such. I just threw them together and said that they make them regularly. It's funny because they're so simple and they're so tasty. Let's have a little taste of these. They should be cool enough now. I can't wait. Go for it, Jerry. Let's have a go at this. So just to remind you again, this is a lovely nibble Christmas time cheese and pesto fingers. Better mind me tongue, you were talking about your tongue earlier on. They're still a bit hot. Here we go, I'll give it a go, honey. Mmm. 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 I can't say anything else. They're sensational. Super tasty, aren't they? And you see, like if you were to get technical about it, there's loads of umami in there, which is that lovely savoury depth of flavour because we have parmesan, we have pine nuts, we have garlic in the pesto. And then, of course, the pastry itself is is a butter pastry. So it has more kind of savoury flavour. So even though it's super, super simple, you just get that lovely depth of flavour in it. 
It's gorgeous. And Tara Walker coming to you in a brand new way from the start of the new year. Yes, Jerry. So I am starting an online cooking club. So anyone can sign up. If you go to tarawalker.ie, you can pop your email address in there to get more information. But basically, it's going to be like a subscription based business going forward. And I'm going to have lots of recipes, tips, little videos, live online classes in the new year. Great stuff. Well, we're on the run into Christmas for sure. We have our nibble sorted. We'll be back next week with the starter from Tara. But as always, thank you so much. Great to see you as always, Jerry. Tara Walker there. And yes, back with a sensational starter on your late lunch next week. One a week from Tara. Nibble, starter, main course and a lovely sweet or dessert coming your way from Tara before the Christmas time. And we thank her for all she does for us on Late Lunch. She's simply wonderful. You're at Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Frank Sinatra, my artist of the week. I conclude after three. And David Sheehan's here with the sport. But taking us up to top of the hour. Yes, it's Mr. Michael Bublé. And have that holly jolly Christmas with us on Late Lunch. Have a holly jolly Christmas It's the best time of the year Now, let me just read a couple of comments Lots of them about Huey Rooney's chat with me and the dogs Uh, Good afternoon, Jerry. I was nipped by a greyhound one evening while out for a walk It was on a long leash with its owner Greyhounds are not on the restricted list But I don't trust any dog now Regards and happy Christmas from Brenda Joyce Lovely to hear from you, Brenda Hi, Jerry. Love listening to Huey and agree with what he says I'm nearly 70 and idolise dogs Have had dogs all my life I'm more a large dog person and during my years walking my dogs, the dog I least trust, would you believe it, is a Jack Russell. He's only a little fella, the Jack Russell. Some of them think they are big dogs. They do, in their own minds, and they square up to big dogs. I was once bitten in my life by a neighbour's Jack Russell, a dog I had petted every single day. Please tell parents to be extra careful of those small dogs with attitude, says Nuna. Thanks indeed, and thank you all for your comments to the show today. Let's reprise our TV theme. That's myself and yourself, Louise. Yeah, I think it'd be great to start <laughs> the show now. <laughs> a very odd couple. <laughs> but a lovely odd couple, I have to say. <laughs> Combined, opposites attract, opposites work together, opposites gel. It and is I'm the odd couple. It, away. <laughs> <laughs> it is the odd couple. It is the odd couple. Of course, there's a classic TV show going back years and years. Well done to Orla Meath. You win the prize today for the TV theme. That show was years and years ago. You know, it's gone back a long time. But lots of people still remember it and sent us in the answers this afternoon. I would have actually, I kind of remember The Odd Couple. I never watched it, but I always thought the TV theme, which is a great, it's a great ditty, isn't it? It is. I always thought it was a crime series. Did you? Yeah. There you go. I would never have got that right. Well, it it could fit with a crime show as well. It's that type of tune. It really is. But anyway, it's The Odd Couple today on Late Lunch. The My Meath card, the hotels, which was the odd, which, no, which should I say? Let's get this right. The hotel that is in County Meath I was looking for. I mentioned the Four Seasons. The Four Seasons is in Carlingford. I mentioned the Greville Arms. It's in Mullingar, West Meath. And the one in Meath is the Headford Arms, the wonderful Headford Arms in Kells. Beautiful, beautiful. 
beautiful hotel. Wonderful people there, Livy and all the crew. Uh, that's the answer I was looking for. Ulton Kavanagh, well done to you. You win the €100 Euro My Meath card today on the show. Congratulations. And thanks to everybody who WhatsApped or texted us into the show with your entries for that one. And enjoy My Meath. Check it out. M-I-M-E-A-T-H dot I-E is where you can find out all about the cards supporting 300 businesses across the Royal County. It's time for the last time this week at this time on the show for this. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Frank Sinatra it is. And on a personal note, Sinatra had three children with his first wife, Nancy. Nancy Jr., Frank Jr. and Tina. Frank Jr. is no longer with us, sadly. The marriage lasted 12 years, which was simply amazing, given the number of extramarital affairs Sinatra enjoyed. He then married actress Ava Gardner, tempestuous seven years that lasted but there was rowing and fighting and you name it but they eventually called it a day he did a two-year stint then with another hollywood flame mia farrow before marrying for a fourth and final time barbara marks in 1976 who he remained with until his death in 1998 he was actually 82 when he passed on of heart failure a condition that dogged his latter years in terms of sinatra's legacy He was known as the chairman of the board, the boss. His vast female fan base were known as Bobby Soxers. Yes, it was a movement of the 60s and 70s. During his lifetime, he recorded, listen to this, more than 1,300 songs and appeared in more than 50 movies. He was a big shot, a big star. May the 13th is actually Frank Sinatra Day each year in the United States. That's some tribute to him. He's widely regarded, should I say, as the greatest singer of the 20th century and I'd have to agree with that for sure. So to round off my week of Sinatra and song, it's not what you think. I told you yesterday he hated my way. So Frank, for you, wherever you are today, I hope you're smiling down on us. We'll say adios with one of my personal favourites of yours. Here it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. My, my. Mr. Frank Sinatra, my artist of the week on Late Lunch this week. Truest song, truest message you'll ever hear. you got to pick yourself up because so many times you will be on your ass in this life. There's no doubt about it. And there's only way you got to get up and get going again. Thank you, Joe, who said, Take a look, Jerry, at Ronan Farrow, Mia's son, and try to deny that he is also a child of Frank. Yes, of course, rumours persisted around that for years. Nice to hear from you, Joe, on the show today. David Sheehan stands patiently by. Afternoon, David. Well, I'm sitting, Jerry, but good to hear from you. How are you keeping? <laughs> Very good. Thanks for joining me. Wexford Park, the place to be tomorrow, 12 noon and 2 o'clock, the Intermediate and Junior Football Club Finals. It's Wexford against Mead. Let's start with the first one at midday, the Intermediate final. St. Moog's up against Dunshockland. I've always said I've seen Dunshockland myself a couple of times this year. They're a hell of a side, uh, David. They are. Just very quickly, Jerry. I know we'll talk about the World Cup in a second, but for anyone that's not watching it, Ghana have just got a penalty against Uruguay, as they did all those years ago. 
and it was saved. So it's still in that one, 20 minutes gone. We'll come back to the World Cup. We'll come back live, to it in a live, live, live here watching it, but uh, incredible stuff here. Gonna get another penalty and miss it against Uruguay. Yeah, intermediate final tomorrow. Dunshockton, they've been very impressive. I mean, we talked about them before. The first team in 20-odd years to come, come straight back up from intermediate, haven't been relegated last year. They've kind of cut a swathe through through Leinster as well. Beat Cooley the last day fairly comfortably as well. Um, and they are they are very hot favourites for this one, I think. You know, uh, it's down in Wexford Park, as you mentioned. So uh, they're having to travel down there for that one. But they've got a lot of class. They've got the likes of Matthew Costello, uh, Luke Mitchell, Rory Kinsella, who won a Young Player of the Year in Mead this week as well. So, you know, I, obviously I, I couldn't tell you a huge amount about their opponents. But on the form that they've shown so far through this competition, uh, you'd have to fancy them shocking. And, you know, you look at Cooley, who beat the Dublin Intermediate Champions, which is no mean feat, Nate Barogue. Cooley took care of them Dunshocken took care of Cooley so I'd fancy Dunshocken to win this one tomorrow 12 midday then at 2 o'clock same venue junior sides out in the final St Abbans from Adamstown up against Meads Castletown how do you see this one going? Well yeah I've seen both of these sides actually because as you're you're probably aware um, Adamstown beat Stabann and Parnells in yes. the first round down in Enniscorthy so I was down at that one myself covering it and Stabann were a little bit unlucky that day I didn't come away from it thinking Adamstown were any world beaters you know they were decent enough they had a few a few classy players their full forward I remember was a good footballer just um, was a little bit off with his shooting that day but still looked a threat they've, the centre half back is a, is a Wexford Intercounty player as well so they do have some some ability and they've obviously come through since beating Stabann and they came through the, the quarterfinal semi-final into a final so I think there'll be a kind of stiff test for Castletown but um, again, I saw Castletown against Lara and they really blew them away in the second half. They were very impressive. They have a, a good scoring unit across the, from midfield upwards, really. Castletown, I think they had six or seven different scorers that day. So I think that's what might see them across the line. Uh, so I'm going for a Meath double down in the, the southeast tomorrow. Whether it's sunny or not, we, we don't know, but hopefully it'll be a bright day for me football. Please God it will, and we have those games, of course, here on LMFM, lmfm.ie. Now let's go back to the World Cup. You mentioned there Ghana missed the penalty, a repeat of history. In the other game, Portugal leads South Korea by a goal to nil. But just in an overall sense now, with the quarterfinal, or the last 16, should I say, lineup almost known, uh, I've just had a look at my list here and the different ties. I still think the winner's going to come from France, England, Brazil, Spain or Argentina? What do you think? Well, you're hedging your bets. I am, big time, big time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think think France have looked the most impressive so far. Um, Before the tournament, they thought Spain might have a chance, but looking at them yesterday, they were so poor. And Mm. it's the old old kind of failing that we've seen with Spain in in recent years. They they don't have that scoring threat. You know, they're never going to score five or six, although they'd score how many to get seven against Costa Rica, but they really (laughs) looked... They really looked shot shy yesterday. They looked they looked like they wouldn't have scored yesterday if they were there for Christmas, which isn't too far away, of course. But they were they were really poor and really toothless. I think France definitely looked the most impressive so far. Um, England, you know, looked looked okay against mm-hmm. Wales the other night, but Wales were very poor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, it's hard to look past the teams you've mentioned there. Brazil haven't been shooting the lights out just yet, but they're they're not going to peak too soon either. They're they're going to come into their own in the quarterfinal, semi-final. So. I definitely think France so far have been the ones that have looked the most impressive. Um, but then you look at the likes of Morocco, who've been like really excellent as well, and have come through as top top of, top of their group. So um, it's it's been a really strange World Cup in many ways. Germany going out last night, but certainly France for me and Argentina. Like you know, they they I won't say they limped through their group. They came through it after a, a difficult start. But they've got Australia on Saturday tomorrow. You'd fancy them to win that one. Holland against USA, there could be an upset in that one. I think America could 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 take Holland mm. there. We'll just have to wait and see. But but yeah, I think what you say there, you're not you're not too far wrong. For me, France have been the most impressive. But you know, once you get into the knockouts, Jerry, we've seen it so many times over the years. All it takes 
is one is one upset I remember Brazil and Argentina in 1990 mm. Brazil battered them and one breakout Maradona slips Canija in and they win 1-0 so that's all it can take in a knockout game but um, I think you won't be too far wrong with the, the seven or eight teams that you named there Well we're happy here because Louise is still running Louise picked Argentina and Holland so both through as well I think she's a real shot with Argentina I have Brazil and Portugal and again both through I, I honestly still feel Brazil have a great squad good keeper much tighter defence but again they lack goals too which is going to be a thing moving on but as you say when you go into knockout football and it's do or die dog well you know it's all on the line and teams go for broke at times and you're going to get the results that you perhaps don't expect could football be coming home your final word uh, no no I want to stick with what I said last <laughs> week I think England will, I think England will, will they should take care of Senegal I think they should beat Senegal but um, you know we remember again those of us of a certain vintage remember England struggling as Uruguay looked like they've taken the lead here England struggling against Cameroon in 1990 against an African team so if England go into that game, you know, a little bit overconfident, they could get a slap in the mouth, but I'd expect mm. them to come through that one. But I, I, I just think that they, even though they're, they're really good, I do expect the likes of Maguire, who's had a good tournament so far, I do yeah. expect the likes of him to get to get exposed when they get into the, the really kind of, you know, business end of the competition. Yeah, well, we'll see. I've given you two opt-outs on England and football coming home. I'll give it to you again next week. I'll offer you the opportunity, but you're sticking to your guns. David, thanks so much for joining us as usual at this time. No problem, Sherry. Talk Take to you care. Bye bye, David Sheehan, there, presenter of Sunday Sport and Sportsman to the Core. That's it for another week on Late Lunch. Big thank you to all our guests who join us through the week. We really appreciate their time and company. To you, our listeners, who join us every day. And I have to mention just before I go, uh, Millie Drahada, I love the picture of your little Chihuahua. I do, Millie. It's gorgeous. Daisy is the Chihuahua's name. Anyway, thanks to uh, you uh, for joining us each day. To Louise Walsh, couldn't do this without my sidekick me setting ourselves the odd couple no way are we we're only joking a little bit earlier on anyway Paul McKenna's coming next with the drive here on LMFM radio have a lovely weekend and do come back and join imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And Monday for your late lunch from 1.30. We'll see you then. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.